people would knock on the door or something to come and see the house because it was a famous house because they have a look around. And he would turn up wearing nothing, only a knight's helmet. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Country Life podcast. I am your host, James Fisher, my guest this week to talk about all things property. One of the uh, mainstays of the magazine is our long-standing property correspondent, Penny Churchill. Welcome, Penny. Thank you, James. Good to be here. Well, it's very good to have you. I often tell uh, people at parties when they ask me about you, which they often do, that you have been doing this job almost as long as I have been alive. So just in terms of, you know, writing for country life, when did you, when did you do your first property market column? Um, 1992, I think. 1992, that yeah. was the year I was born. So <laughs> you have been doing this as long as I've been alive. Oh, wow. <laughs> in, in the early days, it was, uh, when country, it was one page yeah. um, of property market because nobody sort of, every, everyone was all about the very grand architectural writers, etc. And one one page and one picture, and yes. that was it. <laughs> and um, so nobody else wanted to do it. So I finally I grabbed the slot and I've yeah. hung on to it ever since. <laughs> yeah, and it's been relatively successful. I must say, you've got three pages and three pictures now. I know. Yeah, not <laughs> bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Three hundred percent. Well, the, my career started actually with Horse and Hound in 1986, mm -hmm. and uh, I was selling um, bloodstock advertising, working out of Newmarket, which uh -huh. was very handy. I was living in the Midlands, and then I eventually signed up with Horse and Hound as advertisement manager. Yeah, and then three years later, moved on to Country Life, which um, was quite an experience. Well, the first day I was at IPC, as it was then, yeah. 1986, it was the height of the property boom before the inevitable property crash. And uh, Country Life had its biggest ever size issue, I think about 400 pages or something like that. And the advertising sold was worth a million in that one week alone. Oh, my goodness. Times have changed since then. It's interesting you talk about the 1986 property boom and subsequent bust because it sort of feels like once again going through something similar you must have seen a few booms and busts in your time is that something that worries you anymore or are you just like ah oh, wait till the next one <laughs> well it's just well, you just sort of take it day by day yeah. these days well first of all yes we had then obviously the the bust came for the 89 or something 90 yeah. and then we had the recession and then we had um all sorts britain coming out of the the exchange rate mecha mechanism yeah. Yeah etc. And then another boom and then another bust. <laughs> and so it went on. But um, yeah, it, it, it's quite extraordinary. And in between times, everyone sort of said, oh, well, you know, the country life and country houses, that's all finished. Oh, yeah. But um, never happened. Thank heavens. <laughs> yeah, they've been saying that for 126 years, haven't they? Yeah. And yet here we are. Absolutely. I love these houses and I love the history mm -hmm. and um, I, we used to do presentations and I used to spend hours in the in, in the basement yeah. going through all the old issues etc and looking up the houses so that all went very well yeah. and of course met a lot of the agents you know we used to go this country light row show around the country and so we met all the sort of main people and heard their anecdotes etc and sort of formed relationships really that are still going yeah, well, the ones absolutely. that are still alive. 
Well, I mean, it seems, you know, you talk about going through the, uh, the archives in the basement. I mean, thankfully, it's a little bit easier now. I was just showing you how our sort of digital archive works, but you just have to look up the house you're about to write about rather than going through dusty old tones of country life to find relevant info. That must be quite nice. Yes, absolutely. And there was, in, in those days, there was a wonderful guy called Nick Lowe at uh, Knight Frank yeah. who'd kept a record of every single house since day one. Uh, they, every single house, and eventually they gave that collection to the BNA, I think. Oh gosh, that's very, yeah. that's very studious of you. <laughs> okay, so let's let's sort of get into the nitty gritty of all things property. I imagine in your career, you've written up many houses for sale in the uh, the mighty property market pages. Okay, mm. but I mean, is there a sort of personal? favorite property or to make it slightly simpler a type of property that you know when it comes across your yes. desk you go wow i really want to write about this yeah i mean it's obviously the historic ones the, yeah. you know the great ones that have come up sort of once in a lifetime mm -hmm. and um actually funnily enough there's one um waterton house which is completely against the run of play this year yeah this was a, a walpole house in norfolk Oh. And with an estate, etc. I think it's fifteen million, ten or fifteen million. Oh, right. okay. uh, Strutton Parker. Yeah. And um, it was sold within three months. I mean, obviously, I imagine one of the locals. I don't know the details yet, yeah. but I mean, it was it was sold, which is absolutely extraordinary. What an amazing house. And I love the old Georgian houses. Yeah. And um, you know, the ones that have historic connections with Napoleon or whoever. Yeah. And, Very uh, timely with the uh, film coming out. Yeah, yes, course, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, there's so many, to be honest. There's always, and that's, every year there's always three or four that really stand out. Yeah. But a lot of them we don't get to hear about because they're, these days they tend to sell them off market hmm. for various reasons best known to the owners or former owners. They don't like their names being mentioned or people finding out about the things going on. Yeah, I mean, you think being mentioned in country life is, I mean, it's such a privilege. Yeah, I but they have bigger worries than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's something I've noticed from, you know, my my forays on the property side of things is just how many homes with unique histories are out there. You know, you sort of obviously are aware of the great houses of Great Britain. Yeah. But I mean, in every, it seems like in every village, in every county, there is a grade one or two listed somewhere. Well, there's always, just, yes, you know. there was always the, uh, the, the sort of three main ones, the hall, yeah. the old rectory. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the <laughs> and manor the, house. Yeah, and then the manor house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the manor. and it's amazing nowadays that, in fact, uh, just done a thing on this week on um, uh, restored farmhouses uh -huh. that are now find themselves, they now become a manor. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. but uh, but they never were the manor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just uh, sort of fashion. Someone's, someone's just yeah. accidentally sort of swapped the nameplates around yeah, on a yeah, trip absolutely. to BQ. Yeah, I've yeah. always been tempted to turn my flat in Bermondsey <laughs> into the manor house, but I think I might get some letters from the council if I did that. Um, what would be your sort of favourite area for houses? Is there a specific geographical location in the um, UK that you always get excited <laughs> about, like Scotland, for example? Well, I love Scotland. Scotland's wonderful, but that's a sort of, there's only about 20. I mean, that's normally Scottish estates, yeah. Scottish sporting estates. And there's normally about 20 of those a year. Yeah. Um, and there's a sort of regular turnover of 20-odd. Mm -hmm. But it's quite amazing. I mean, the people who buy them, Yeah. a lot of them 
used to get sold to the Dutch and everybody else who came over in the summer, wonderful and everything else. And yeah. then they finally came over and they disappeared like they bought an island and thought that would be wonderful. Uh-huh. And the wife comes and decides, no way, in the winter. This, this island's terrible, I hate <laughs> that's it. That's it, yeah. Weird. yeah. Yes, and that's one, there's one island, I can't remember the name, but, but it was sold many, many times yeah. for exactly the same reason. But the strangest thing is that even the ones that you think, I mean, there's one house, I love the West Country, mm. and there's a house called Cote Manor. Oh, yeah. I remember going down to see that, and um, it's wonderful sort of formidable lady who actually used to write on gardening for country life. So I wouldn't mention her name because yeah. she terrified everybody. <laughs> 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 but anyway, this place was in, I mean, it, it obviously had been amazing, but obviously, you know, it hadn't had anything spent on it for years and years and years. Yeah. And there's bits let out here and over there and everything else. And I thought, that's, you know, that's never going to sell. Not. And this was about five years ago. Yeah. And uh, anyway, young couple came in. American couple living in London came down, bought it overnight, and that was it. And wait, they went, spent a fortune on it. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's when you describe it that like that, you sort of think to yourself, you know, oh, these silly Americans buying wrecks in the West Country, what are they doing? But actually, in a way, it's to be quite grateful that people are doing that kind of thing because otherwise, these houses would just be sort of left to fall down. Absolutely. Well, I mean, so many of them did, or yes, yeah. yes, or sort of the various sort of after the war, I mean, all the old rectories got sold off. And of course now they're, you know, they've had lots of money spent on them and people love the old rectory because it always has nice big rooms and etc. And, um, you know, it's the favourite house in the village. So you talk about sort of Scottish estates and, and people coming to buy those. You know, we sort of hear a lot how the... the the top end of the market is changing in terms of who is buying what you know I won't go into specific nationalities but I mean what is you know you've been around you've seen it all so to say what you know what have you noticed in terms of the changing changing tides over the last 25 years well I mean it uh, it's depends what you're talking about or where you're talking about I mean for example I mean the Cotswolds now which was the sort of the place that everybody wanted to be. I mean, now the um, everything, the young people who want to move to the Cotswolds, mm-hmm. they want to keep their nice, cosy sort of um, little setup. Yeah. And um, so they have to be within reach of Dalesford yeah. Farm Shop uh-huh. or um, Soho Farmhouse. And now there's sort of several of the houses have been set up as private membership clubs. <laughs> And the prices are twice yeah. what they would be in other parts of the Cotswolds that are much nicer. So, yeah, that's the Cotswolds. What about sort of, you know, talk, just going back to Scottish estates, is it still sort of, like you said, the Dutch coming over? or is it... Not so much the Dutch. You get Danes, Americans still a bit. But, of course, the Americans, the, the dollar mm. uh, sterling rate is advantageous for the Americans. But, yeah, there have been quite a few Americans this year, actually, funnily enough. And also a few Americans selling and going back home yeah. or going to Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as well as sort of properties over the years, you must have had some interesting interactions with various agents. Are there any sort of anecdotes you'd like to tell us about? Uh, yes, I mean, there used to be sort of, there used to be sort of t- t- terrible duos. There was George, and I won't mention their surnames, George and Ian. And um, 
George was very tall and James, uh, sorry, Ian was quite small. Yeah. So anytime they had, they got photographed, in other words, when their results were declared, they yeah. had a staircase. And uh -huh. Ian insisted on standing on the staircase that George didn't look taller than him. <laughs> <laughs> they used to watch each other like hawks. <laughs> but there was another, yeah. and he would shoot anything, anywhere. <laughs> and apparently he used to keep his um, loaded well, his shotgun in the yeah. boot of his car. Right. And he forgot to take the cartridges out. And he was going around Hanover Square and he went over driving in his usual mad fashion uh -huh. and over a bump and the gun went off <laughs> and, they, and they had quite a job explaining to the insurance people yeah. how this could happen <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay so I think yeah. he was quite proud of that yeah <laughs> that seems fair enough yeah well there you go I'm trying to think Sorry, I've never heard anything like that before. Yeah, well, let's say, I mean, yeah. Hanover Square, I don't know. They were in Hanover Square in those days. Gosh, I think yeah. Berry Brothers and Rudd were the nearest important place. Yeah, you know, you sort of hear stories about the good old days, but there's also, you know, the, the bad old days as well, I guess. So obviously you do it, you know, when you write about your houses for the magazine, you do a fair bit of research. How often do you actually get to visit the properties you're writing about? Nowadays, never. Mm. I've probably been to all of them at some point. Yeah, yeah. But sort of back in the day, was that the, was that the sort of de rigueur thing to head down and see everything in person? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. This used to be quite a thing. So, you know, we talk, we've talked about agents, we've talked about the market. What about the owners? Because you obviously speak to some of them quite a lot as well. Um, not as much as I used to. Mm. But, um, yes, you meet some very interesting people. I mean, some amazing people, actually. I mean, there's a house down in um, Herefordshire, actually. And uh, this member of the Bulmer family mm. owned it. And he had made the most amazing restoration, beautiful job and then he went up to um, Yorkshire having done all that he went up to Yorkshire and he bought the house at uh, Fountains Abbey uh -huh. and he did the same with that again and he was extraordinary he was an MP as well for a while wonderful and was very entertaining and I was at lunch I certainly remembered yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or didn't yeah the gossip from Westminster was wonderful oh, goodness. <laughs> anything you can share no. no. <laughs> it goes with me to yeah, the grave. Yeah. Right? That was a test and you passed. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, another very funny one was Peter de Savary. He's uh, died now. But uh, he, you know, Bobby Tracy, he set that up. And um, the, the Havels agent, I called John, the Welsh guy. Anyway, he was absolutely terrified. Of Peter hmm. was trying to sell the houses on the estate, and um, anyway, Peter then bought a, uh, an estate in the Cotswolds. Yeah, and uh, I went and had lunch there a couple of years ago when he was selling it, and um, apparently he didn't quite sort of settle into the to the um, local community very well because uh -huh. he had a habit of turning up 
people would knock on the door or something to come and see the house because it was a famous house. Could they have a look around? Yeah. And he would turn up wearing nothing, only a knight's helmet. Oh. <laughs> you know, we talk about properties that you've written about. Is there any properties you've walked into or seen that you thought, oh, maybe I'd like to buy this for myself? Not really. No? You're very happy where you are? <laughs> well, not the sort of houses I normally sort of spe- lucky enough to specialise in I could never afford to buy. Yeah, yeah I get that as well. <laughs> I get that as well. But, I mean, actually, funnily enough, um, we, we have sort of various houses but never really liked any of them. Mm-hmm. And then I decided 10 years ago, you know, I'm going to have a look at Ireland, yeah. a, <clears throat> um, which I did, and... Um, bought myself a cottage which I've done up etc and you know that feels like home whereas in all honesty the houses in England never felt actually like home yeah and yet it's home for my children I mean they're dead happy here I mean, sort of you're like Kevin MacLeod from Grand Designs you know who goes yeah. around the country looking at other people's homes but refuses to tell anyone about where he lives Sorry. yeah I mean not the pennies refuse to say where she's lived but you know yeah. just literally has just mentioned it yeah um i mean so yeah just to sort of wrap up would you have any advice for prospective buyers looking at the sort of top end of the market or any end of the market really how to spot a wreck that is unsavable how to tell you know real robert adam interior from a fake one that kind of thing i'm afraid i'm not (laughs) i'm not an architectural writer so basically i'm afraid i'm the sort of um the middleman. Yeah. I mean, I rely on the agents to tell me the houses that are coming up. So basically, um, I rely, you know, and hopefully they'll tell me far enough in advance mm. so that I can plan it in. Because um, otherwise, if I wait until the house is on the market and they've got the brochure and everything else, well, then it's all stale news, really. Yeah. So uh, it's sort of keeping good relations with the agents who are, you know, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they'll also, um, you know, if, if there is a sense of material, I mean, they'll tell me what the background is, which yeah. means you don't drop a clanger. And, um, you know, it's, it, uh, we respect their problems and they look after us, basically. Yeah, we did have, I can't remember if it was this year or the year previously, I don't know if you remember about the man who was selling his house, but the agents forgot to mention it was because he was running some kind of gigantic weed farm on it or something do you remember that i don't know i don't know about that one i'll have to i'll have to there's quite a lot of strange ones <clears throat> and there's also i mean you know when roman abramovich was buying houses around the country etc mm. every house that uh, came up you know they said oh abramovich has bought that yeah, and then yeah. um, tim rice was another one and anything in the Cotswolds, tim rice has been seen but see that tom cruise was another one yeah <laughs> but uh, it was all fiction do you know of anyone extremely famous who's bought a house through Country Life because you've written about it? I believe so. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there used to be Too lots many. of them. Too many A-listers reading Well, ab- absolutely, in all honesty. Well, yes, because it tends to be the top end of the market anyway. Yeah. But sometimes I remember, you know, when I was actually working in, in advertising, hmm. was that um, people who bought houses that they... Americans especially, I mean, country life has this shelf life. Everyone jokes that, you know, you always find the dentist. Yeah. And somebody had seen it somewhere at this house that's um, been on the market for two years. 
mm-hmm. and he saw it and thought, oh, I like that. So he came over and it was a house near Winchester, which needed work doing to it, and he came over and bought it. And that happens quite a lot, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, people keep their country lives and people look through them and think, oh, that's... I mean, a lot of the time, people actually buy some of the country life houses not because they were looking for that particular sort of house, but yeah. because they realised this is a one-off. There's nothing yeah. like it anywhere else in the world. And if I don't get it now, you know, it's something I want to do with my life. And the whole point is that the the era of the cash buyer sort of uh, has been the case for all the reasons we can think of. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, 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 um, the, the, the mortgage situation has now, I mean, I was, talking to one agent this week, and he said that the viewings are down considerably. But like all agents, he's an optimist. And basically next year, there'll be the first six months of the year before the election, etc. They reckon that's going to be quite good. But yeah. they have been doing that. A lot of big houses have sold because yeah. they are one-offs. I mean, there's nothing like it. And people will wait for 20 years because they want to buy such and such a house in such and such a village. Yeah, it seems that, you know, especially for some of the houses that we've run in country life, that... I'm not going to use the word recession proof, but you know when you're dealing with some of the stuff, especially in your page, it's the real yeah. top end of the market. I mean, unless there's an asteroid hurtling directly for the Midlands, it seems to have very little effect on whether people are buying these wonderful, wonderful yeah. places. Well, especially ones sort of almost close to within reach of London. Yeah, I mean Oxfordshire. That's um, the sweet spot. Yeah, Oxfordshire, Hampshire, West Country as well, Sussex, Buckinghamshire. I mean the usual. Yeah, anywhere near a high-speed rail line, built or unbuilt. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's going to be interesting when they start selling off all the, <laughs> the land they bought and filling in all the tunnels. Well, I remember back in the, the 80s and 90s, I mean, interest rates were 18%. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was serious. You know, there was all the repossessions and everything else. And, you know, think of the, the Lloyd scandal. I mean, there's been so many bombshells but um, yes you know the trouble is everything news is sort of is comes and goes very quickly and is quickly forgotten but yeah. it always bounces back I mean the you know but the, the thing is about yes there's certainly anything over three million is takes a long time to sell and then you yeah. see the little um, sort of goes from one agent to the other to another and then there's the very excited, saying we're launching so and so next week, etc. Hmm, that looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> was my first question is always, was it with another agent? Yeah, I'll go and find out. I'll go and check. <laughs> yeah. But you have a feeling they might already know the answer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very good. I think that's just about all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Penny. You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. It's been uh, a pleasure. Oh, that's been. The pleasure has been all mine. Um, Please keep an eye out for the uh, program notes for any additional info. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week. Thank you and goodbye.